Hi, I'm Matt, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand, and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Well, hey, Matt. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm I'm back. We're back. We're back. A long hiatus. <laughs> Easter break. We'll call it, yeah, it was like um, spring spring break. Spring break, yeah. Did you go to Mardi Gras or anything like that? I, I, I did not. I didn't either. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I that window's closed for me. Yeah. So. <laughs> that ship sailed a long time ago. Yeah, I've never been, so, yeah. The official Mardi Gras, like in New Orleans? Oh, yeah. Is oh, there yeah, any- no, I never. No. no. I've never been there either. It's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's one I can't check off my list and probably won't ever do that. So I have missed us so much. Me too. And I've missed you listeners as well, all, you know, 12 or 15 or 18, however many. Dozens and dozens of listeners. We I'm love sure. you. And I yes, know I've had do. questions. Um, when are you going to start up again? Well, here we are. Here we are. So it seems like we're in. Perilous times. Perilous times. It seems like we could be even in, dare I say, the end of days. The end of end times. Right. The end of the end. Things that you see in the news, things that are happening in the world, all sorts of stories you hear about. Just seems we're inching closer and closer to the inevitable. Well, we know it's coming. Right. So what does that look like? What does that mean? It's called the tribulation period. Yes, and there's so many different, well, not so many. There's three different main views. Right, there are. Beliefs, I guess, on what it looks like when we hit, as Christians, the tribulation. Are you are you going to be saved? Are you going to have to go through it? Are you going to have to do some of it? Uh, yeah, and Revelation is very confusing for yeah. a reason. Yeah, and it's not real clear cut. If you said, hey, I'm coming back on you know, May 3rd, 2027, then that would be real simple for us. Well, and you know what most of us would probably do? What would we do? I'm going to do whatever I want till May 26th. And then I'm going to get everything figured out before you show up. Right. Clean up my house before my parents show. Make sure it looks good, you know. Make sure everything's in order six months in advance. Therefore, I'm good. See? And I've done whatever I wanted. And that's yeah. that's most likely what... That's probably why... God didn't tell us. And Jesus says, always be watching, always be awake. So in researching this, I thought I knew what I, how I felt about the tribulation and the rapture and so forth. You can't really find the word rapture in the Bible. That, yeah, I'm not sure. It doesn't, maybe it translates from Greek somehow, but it doesn't, the actual word isn't actually in the book. Right. So. Uh, disclaimer, I nor Matt are theological experts. We are kind of coming at this with the expectation of asking questions. That's why we started this podcast. That's why we like to talk so much because we ask each other and a lot of questions 
uh, sometimes too many, but it's, it's coming at it with, uh, Hey, let's, let's see how we believe. Let's look at this. Let's study this. Let's just ask questions. So Matt, you want to kind of go over the three for any of the listeners that may not be as familiar with what the main points of, of the views are? Right. There's pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-tribulation rapture. So pre-trib is basically the church has taken up a rapture just prior to the seven years tribulation period. This time of tribulation is seen as unique in its intensity or severity, and so is called the great tribulation to distinguish it from all other persecutions, trials, and tribulations the church goes through. And the church is exempt from it. Christ's second coming, then, is in two stages. The first when Christ comes for the church and then meets up in the air. Uh, that's in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. And the second when Christ comes with the church to set up his kingdom and usher in the millennium. So I guess the, there's a main line of support for that view that God does not intend the church to undergo his wrath. And you can find... Uh, verses to support that, such as like Romans 5, 9, and 1, 1 Thessalonians uh, 1 and one ten five 5, and 9. Right. And, f- and furthermore, that he plans to keep the church from the tribulation that is to come on the whole world. Revelations 3, 10. So I think there's there's something between, there's a, like a difference in interpretation of what tribulation is and what is wrath. So we'll get right. into that. Yeah. And my view of it, uh, yeah. Right. And so then there's also the mid-tribulation, which is the view that the church will be present for some of the some of the uh, conflict, the first half of the tribulation, three and a half years, but be raptured out of the halfway when it gets really bo- uh, really bad. So be absent the latter three and a half years. Yeah. Because some people see the first half is natural tribulation, whereas the second half is God's wrath. More recently, the pre-wrath view has emphasized that the rapture occurs just prior to the outpouring of God's wrath. The outpouring of the bulls for right. those who there's have the trumpets. Through, there's yeah. the trumpets. If you look through Revelations, there's trumpets and then there are the bulls. And they look like they're two separate events. They aren't concurrent. If you read, yeah, if you read it like the the story that it is in Revelation, they come one one after the other. Right. So you'd have to move things to make them come together. Yes. And in, and mid-tribbers, the churches seem to be part of the tribulation spoken of in Matt 24. The elect spoken of there are not Jews, but saints in the general sense. And so that includes the church. The seal judgments and trumpet judgments of Revelation are not divine judgment, but natural. Therefore, there is no need for the church to be absent for these that take place in the first half of the tribulation. But the seventh and final trumpet opens the beginning of the outpouring of the bowls of divine wrath. The seventh trumpet of Revelation 11.15 is identified with the trumpets of Matthew 24.31 and 1 Thessalonians 4.16. And the last trumpet of 1 Corinthians 15.52. And then Jesus' statement in Matthew 24.29. Matthew 24 is so big in all of this. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. After the tribulation of those days is taken to indicate a shift from the natural forms of tribulation in the first half to the divine wrath of God to be poured out in the second. But since God's wrath is not for the church, Romans 5, 9, 
then God will remove the church from the earth just prior to the outpouring of his wrath. See, I think that one makes sense. They right. all kind of, I think you can all make sense. They make all sense. make sense. They do. And that's the thing is you can, you can prove all three and you can also disprove all three, which is why there's right. three camps that will not cross the the line right. onto the and others. Some people are really territory. emphatic yeah. about it. Right. Absolutely. So the last one is the post trib uh, rapture view. The church will go through the whole tribulation rather than being raptured out before or in the middle of the tribulation. Thus, the rapture of the church and the resurrection of all dead saints occur at the same time at the end of the seven-year tribulation. This unitary event is distinguished by first a coming for the saints, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, and immediately a coming with the saints, Revelations 19.11. Generally, post-tribulationists see the church as having replaced national Israel as the covenant people of God. And the church is never told that is to escape tribulation because there's the Greek word, uh, thelipas, which means tribulation is used 55 times in the New Testament. And 47 of these relate to tribulation to be endured by the saints. The same word is used in Matthew 24, once again, 21 mm -hmm. of the great tribulation. First Thessalonians 4.17 describes the church meeting the Lord in the air, but does not say that the Lord takes the church onto heaven for three and a half or seven years. So throughout Revelation 6 through 18, the people, are God, a people of God are present, and this includes the church. There is no reason to exclude the church from these tribulation passages. You see, and I think that one also makes a lot of sense. Except for the part that we don't replace Israel. Right. Well, The I, Israelites, God's chosen people. We don't replace them. I know that's a hang-up for you on that. Don't it is a hang-up for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think we are still God's people. We're grafted we are, into we sons are of Abraham. Yeah. We just don't replace the chosen people. Salvation comes first from the Jews and to the Gentiles. Jesus, quote, red letters. He didn't okay. say, oh, so now we're just done with the Israelites and it's all you. No, no, that's not it. Okay, so you're saying that the Israelites are set apart? They're still so, God's chosen people from whom salvation came to mankind. Without but, Israel, Jesus wouldn't hear. That was God's plan. And they're still God's chosen people. He doesn't say, okay, now I'm done with you. This almost seems like a, we're, we're branching off into a different podcast. But what are you saying that the, that, that, the that Israelites... View, that that view, that the Israelites are still God's chosen people. And we are the Gentiles grafted into the family and the chosen people Well, of he God. had to use some, some people to, to be the vehicle to spread... Right, spread but that his, says we replace the them. We don't right. replace them. Okay. That's where I get hung up. So we don't the word replace, replace Israel. sticks in your craw. It does. It does. It's a, hard, it's a hard phrase to swallow. I do not agree with that one bit. Let me see where it says replace. <laughs> it's at the end. You just said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Okay, so all of them make, the bottom line is all, you can make a compelling argument for all three versions. You can for, yeah, absolutely. Some of it's got some really hard truths in it. Like it's, it's absolutely, you can't say this is not, but it's really kind of, it, all three have, the, the truths of things that have been said about the end. But the one thing that we can't figure out is exactly what it's going to be. And I still, can you imagine being John writing the things down that he saw from the very end 
in the time frame that he was and knowing that anything he saw, unless it was completely transformed to be in a time that he could understand, it looked like what we're seeing today, if not completely different, because it still hasn't happened. Right. And Imagine him trying to, it, to write that down. Right. And, you know, I can think of what he saw, like he saw the battle of Armageddon and so forth. And like, yeah. Then assembling. If you, if, you, if you take a guy from, you know, 2000 years ago and you show him a helicopter flying, how does he describe that to somebody? Or anything. I yeah, mean, seriously. Or a, or a tank. A car. Or, yeah. How about a, a cell phone? Or, yeah. How about a, TV? Yeah, an F-35. How does he explain you that? You can't explain I've exactly what you I've never seen anything like that. How about the I, buildings? How about right. the roads? How about any of it? If he saw anything that looked like what we see today, like when we went over to Israel and you walked and you looked at the Valley of Armageddon. Yeah. Can you imagine how different... Trying to picture looking at the at the ruins, at the ancient civilizations that were there on Megiddo, on the hill, on the tell, whatever. Can you imagine that's what he's used to, and then he sees anything that's close to what we saw when we were there? It would be mind-blowing trying to write that down on top of the fact that you're talking to angels and seeing Jesus and watching the apocalypse happen in real time. I can't imagine trying to write that down. Well, and he was spared for a reason and he was boiled in oil and somehow he survived that. Yeah. And then he was blessed with all these visions and this responsibility. And I wonder if he ever said, Hey, slow down. I can't write this fast. <laughs> well, there's then there's that key point in revelation that we don't tend to talk about uh, when we're, when we're talking about all the things and figuring out what it's exactly going to be like, there's a point where he is told not to write that down. That was probably some pretty heavy duty. I would imagine if he info. can't write it down, yeah. it's, and that was, there in, was a reason God kept that from us. Yeah. Like, Hey, do not write this down. And, and that's kind of a big deal because, well, you only have so much of the story that is being shared from heaven to earth through John. Okay, so my objective today is to go over these go over these views and then see if there's something that we can do based off worst case scenario and how we live our lives and how to prepare for this. Yes. So we can apply this so our listeners and we, you and I, can do stuff in our day to day lives that would say, okay, worst case scenario, boom. This well, is what you I think do. I think this is we're going to get to a point in that conversation where you say, "I'm going to punch you in the face," because okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it all works out in the end. No, yes, not necessarily. Well, yeah. it will. I mean, no matter what you come to a conclusion of, we may all be wrong. Okay, and so it'll all pan out in the end. I'm a pan tribulation guy. Yes, and I kind of am leaning that way myself. Because <laughs> if you can't actually figure this out definitively, then it's just foolish right. to sit there and speculate. Well, and there's, and now we're going to go back into, and I'm going to say this Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough troubles of its own. He just says, be ready, be watchful, and do what I've told you to do. That's my opinion of how right. we get ready for the end. 
There's so many examples. Like when he says, when they bring you and drag you before the magistrate and the synagogues and persecute you because of my name, don't worry about what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit who is in you will give you the strength and the words to say and the faith to stand against that time. But I also don't think that there's anything wrong with expecting the best, but planning for the worst either. Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, maybe? (laughs) So if you were to say right now of, of the three views, which do you think makes the most sense? Biblically, personally, whatever. If someone well, put a, if someone to put a gun to your head and said, "Pick one," this this is this is what how it's going to happen. How come pan pan's not on there? Pan tribulation. It all pans out in the end because that's a cop out, Mike. And it's that's, not that's because lazy. I'm going to live my life. I should live my life the same for Jesus, whether I know what revelation date is. Okay, or not. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer. I'm just saying if you had, I to would pick honestly. One, Looking at what I've looked at in Revelation and seeing how far into the chapters it is before um, before things start to really, like the dead are raised and the judgment happens and everybody comes before the thrones, the, the Bema throne and the judgment throne, I would almost say post because it's towards the end of Revelation that those things happen. Right. And, and here's, I- and, and we talked about this. The wrath of God having to go through that doesn't mean that he's going to pour out the wrath on the believers. It's on the earth. And just like Egypt. Right. And Israel and Pharaoh. Because they were there for all the frogs and the blood. Yeah, they were there. And the firstborn die and everything. But they were shielded from it. Yes. They were being persecuted by Egypt. And Egypt was being persecuted by God. Yes, and they were there just kind of to observe. And in you a could sense, use that yeah. as a and template, so, as a metaphor for the way it could be for us. I, I I tend to look that way. Like, okay, so if we're there, we're the believers. How, how when it talks about the mark and the beast, and so we see the, the beast show up in, uh, is it chapter 7 of Revelation? Hey, let me look at my notes. It would be... Oh, actually... Chapter 13 is the first beast and the second beast. So we have we have the seals, we have all the things that happened before that, and then the first and the second beast don't show up until chapter 13, almost halfway through Revelation. Yeah, but a lot of things happen prior to the beast even showing up. Right, but the beast is one of the biggest things of the tribulation that everybody talks about where you receive the mark. Right. And so everybody's like, oh, that's going to be, you know, that's where I start to get. How do you, you can't put things before they come. And so in Revelation, if we're reading it the way he wrote it, the beast shows up and it talks about the mark with the second beast who shows up. And then it calls for wisdom in order to discern. Uh, Because no one can buy or sell. That's the mark of the beast, and the number of its name is 666, the one who understand, calculate, and understand. Now, if I'm all gone, if all the Christians are gone, if all the people who believe in God are gone, what does it matter that they say we have to understand? Yeah, and I think that's a compelling argument also. And so us as believers, yes, it's going to be persecution. You know, the thing is, is we've never seen persecution that even the disciples have seen. Right. Not here in America. No. Now China, 
um, the Middle East. Absolutely. Uh, there, there's different places. Ukraine. That, Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine. I mean, yeah. Um, there's not been persecution even that they have faced that um, Americans have had to face. And so standing up and saying, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to go hungry. I'm going to have to be uncomfortable because I can't buy if I worship the beast or if I don't worship the beast. I don't, I don't think necessarily we get to expect to be pulled from that. Jesus says we're going to be persecuted because of his name. Right. And then there's, but there's tribulation and there's wrath. Again, taking the opposite view a viewpoint. Cause if you say, okay, I know people like to keep things orderly in their head. And when you're looking, when you're looking at the book of Daniel and there's a three and a half years, the 1260 days and the, and the first three and a half, the first three and a half of the, of the seven. And then this, this 1290 of the second, it seems like it would make be nice, nice and tidy if the rapture occurred right in the middle. You see what I'm saying? True. But there the, would be, that would be, this is the, the earthly, the earthly tribulation and then God's wrath after that. And then the believers are spared from that. Right. But, and then people who are left, the left behind, they, right. they are there. They can either make the choice during this three and a half years of, uh, confessing and becoming a believer also, and then having to live through it. But see, so there could be Christians post rapture that become converted, correct? Well, I'm assuming there's, it, and it goes to, to the same thing that we've talked about before, where until your last breath and God says enough is enough, we have the chance to come to him. But in that same sense, the nice, neat, wrapped up package of three and a half years and three and a half years, there's so many different, you read in, in chapter 12 in Revelation where it's talking about the woman and the dragon, right? Yes. And um, it says, and a great sign appeared in heaven. This is verse one. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her f- head a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant, was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head, heads, seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God in which she was to be nourished for 1260 days. Now this happens before the beast shows up. That's the first three and a half. Okay. So then the mark hasn't happened yet. Okay. But still some heavy stuff's going down. Right. Heavy stuff. This is And the how first... do you, how do you explain that whole metaphorical thing right there? That right. Just... The one that rules with a rod of iron, but is caught up to God. I don't, I don't understand. And then Satan's thrown down to earth after that in verse 7 through uh, 17. And then we go to chapter 13, which is where the beast shows up. The first beast. And then the first beast shows up. And we have these things that set him up to be the one who is going to be worshipped, who is like the beast. He's, he's mortal wound is healed. And everybody's like, oh, hey, this is like the... the this, it's he's immortal, 
Right. And he's so a God. We worship, we worship him. him. Yeah, he's right. doing signs. He's doing all these things, um, blaspheming God and the authority. Let's see. It was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. Now, okay. The first beast is allowed to make war on the saints. Okay. Who are the saints? And then that's us. And if then the church, the well, Christian, we're still here. And right. that's after the three and a half years. So that would be the first beast. And then the second beast shows up, rising out of the earth. And it exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. Performs the great signs, uh, making fire come down from heaven and earth and in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And this is the beast where the mark shows up. Second beast. Now... I am not a theologist, but reading through this and trying to put some of these in these mid pre post, right? It doesn't make sense to me. And that's where I start asking questions. It did. It does. And it's a, it's a very difficult, um, book to interpret. Probably the most, <laughs> I don't think probably we're meant the, to the, interpret. Yeah. It. The most, the most difficult one clearly in the whole Bible. Yeah. But you also want to try and you also want to ask these questions and you want to sift through it and see what's going to happen because this is reality and this is what we're going to have to face. And it looks like it's coming. So what do we do? Well, it is coming. We can't stop it. It's correct. No matter how much we try to, you know, in global warming and drive electric cars, the end is going to come. I don't think that's going to help. <laughs> you don't think so? I don't think what so. What if we get rid of the cows? Well, I don't think that would help either. Oh, Weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what do we do? So then I, well, here's the deal. Um, how, I want to be careful with this. Okay. What is the revelation in revelation supposed to be revealing? What is the point? That Christ is coming back for us. Okay. And that all the, and that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and that we're, and the sheep are going to be separated from the goats. Well, right. And there the will be a judgment. Of, it's it's going to be the end of days. And then we live forever in eternity with God or you're, you're damned to agony with the devil. Yeah. There's only two sides. Right. But. The revelation is of Jesus Christ, of Jesus, the King of Kings, Jesus, the Lord of Lords. He will be, he is victorious and he will have the final victory. And we read through and we see these, you know, awesome moments of Armageddon and um, the battle. We see that justice will be served. We see that the wicked will be, uh, will be stopped. Do I get to go through it? I think I do. You know, if I'm alive th at that point, I think you're right. I'm I think if I was for a purpose, I, I think you're right. I think I was a mid tribber before this little process started, and after researching it, I I would have to I would have to side on that that we're it's going to be a post trib. We'll see the whole thing. Because here's here's one that really got me. It's, we did a lot of talking yesterday just to give the. 
the listeners a heads up. We we didn't just jump into this. This has been a a topic of discussion for about a month and a half now, really. Right. Can there, we can we talk can about we pull, this? Can we pull this off? Yeah. And there's so much information and you start digging into it and there's so many people that are just adamant on one viewpoint or the next. But here's one that really threw me for a loop with pre or mid tribulation. And when we were reading through chapter 20, the thousand years um, of rain, the thousand year rain. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. And after that, he must be released for a little while. And then we I'll skip ahead in the, uh, the thrones. Then I saw thrones and seated on them were those who were to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God and those who had not worshiped the beast or its image and had not received the mark on their foreheads or their hands. So right there are the ones who made it through the tribulation. They get to go. The ones who have been beheaded and martyred because of the testimony of Jesus, they're there, right? Okay. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Okay, so there's... But then the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. So and what I'm hearing from that is the thousand years is for a very select few on earth to reign. Yeah, crazy. Not necessarily anybody that's in heaven that's already passed away or, you know. Right. Something, the the tribulation, I don't know. But we know in Thessalonians when it says that when Jesus comes and, and sounds the trumpet, that the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we are caught up into the clouds. Correct. And so if it's saying right here in Revelation that the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended, uh, how do I reconcile that? Well, even if that's post-trip, there's some problems with that. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know and either. And that's where I start to get There's like, so many questions I and guess this is so complicated. Maybe, maybe you know, the theological experts... Um, have a different, they have a little bit more insight to some of the original text and some of the uh, nuances of Hebrew and Greek translation. Right. I've been researching this for two months and I've seen plenty of experts on, on YouTube and every lecture that I've, that I've seen. I was like, I was like, that can't be right either. Right. Cause one part of the Bible says this and then you're, you're it, just ignoring that. Right. And, and so I do the one thing that, you know, um, is very important in revelation it says, do not add from, add to or subtract from this message. Correct. Do not try and make it what you want it to be. And I don't think we can actually figure this out. It's not meant for us to figure out. It's not meant for us to be able to say, oh, I've got the answer. It's actually kind of a story of, hey, the victory is Jesus's. Jesus has the victory. He will win. Nothing will defeat him. My plan will go forward. No matter what you see in your life, this is going to be how it ends. And you, if you choose Jesus, if you're in Christ, are grafted into this family and will be a part of it. I still have a lot of questions. I still have a lot of questions, too. I think we should continue this one. (laughs) 
Okay. All right. Yeah, we've we've maybe laid the foundation for going a little bit deeper. A lot more questions that we don't have the answer to. And I and I don't have any. This is this is Mike. This is Mike's point of view. Right. And it's my point of view too. Is from, but my point is subject to change. And and that I mine as well. You've okay. actually changed my point of view a couple of times. Really? Yeah. We'll get into that. I'm another not time. too stubborn. I'm pretty stubborn. <laughs> oh my gosh! Maybe you come by it naturally. Well, you know, something. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's continue this till next time. All right. Well, listener, I hope um, this has piqued your interest. I hope that you tune in to the next one. We're uh, we're embarking here on season two of Mike and Matt: Real Things That Really Matter. Glad you're here. God bless you. God bless. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com, on Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter, and on Twitter, at MMRealThings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.